Hi Vinod sir. This is Nadia from zenonco.io and Lovely's Cancer. We guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncological treatment approach. We help them find the right balance between medical treatment and complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with our team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals so that the overall outcome for the treatment of the patient is at its best. Yeah? Coming to connecting with other cancer warriors and cancer survivors out there as part of our campaign here we do connect patients Hello. and survivors with each other can you hear me sir yeah i kind of lost your voice for a while yeah we send you yeah so as part of our campaign here we connect cancer warriors and cancer survivors out there and today we have vinod who is here to share his inspirational journey and i can't wait to hear him i can't wait to hear what he has to share with us and say about his story you know over to you the whole world is listening to you please take it forward from here hey right. um thank you so much for giving me this uh, opportunity to share my story um and um yeah um I'll see if I can stick to a chronology of events uh, and I may kind of move in timeline. So yeah, uh, pardon me about that. Uh, this was around um, 2010. Uh, this was my final year engineering exam, and uh, uh, I was pretty much falling ill through that year. The final year was uh, uh, with a lot of health setbacks and doing a lot of rounds with doctors and with no conclusive diagnosis. Um, I was having a lot of um, you know digestive issues which had no correlation with ultimately my cancer diagnosis of the nasopharynx uh, but I was uh, you know um, fighting like an unknown battle and I really didn't know what was going on and it was even more demoralizing to meet a lot of doctors and come up with uh, uh, no answers to my symptoms um yeah. finally after my graduation i think i was playing football in those uh, monsoon months in chennai in mumbai and i totally blanked out and i didn't know what was going on and uh, uh i knew that something was serious and something needed attention and i had to do some investigations so to which i met another senior doctor who advised that i undergo some scans um I also met a, a very renowned ENT specialist who told me that I need to get a CT scan, which then revealed there was a mass in my nasal cavity. Um, then it further needed uh, a biopsy, which confirmed that it was uh, carcinoma in the nasopharynx. So it was quite a setback, uh, not so much for me, but certainly for my parents, because I was pretty much prepared. I was doing a lot of reading on. Uh, Uh, my end, and I was preparing myself to like what could be the worst possible diagnosis. As much as they say that don't Google, I was just doing the opposite of trying to find out what is happening with me. And um, yeah, so I it didn't come as a shock to me because I think I had mentally prepared myself through that time that I had from my biopsy to my report, which was about a good two weeks. That um, I was okay with what I was going to uh, read in the reports. Uh, it was also ironic that that was that was just came like one day after my engineering final year results had come in and I had done it pretty well and I was also um, you know about to start with a career in engineering and the corporate life I had landed a few jobs and um, had to decide between those interview calls but then this happened and I had to give up on all of that. Um, 
treatment protocol was quite um, you know torturous i would say to deal with uh, lack of words i had to undergo 37 radiation sessions and about six chemo cycles uh, it sounded okay on paper and i really didn't know what was the magnitude of uh, the side effects that i would have was going to be in for uh, the first cycle was okay the first few all say like two weeks of radiation was also manageable it was a third week that um, things really started to go from back to worse i could um, barely eat anything i couldn't even drink water i could barely speak um, this was my entire head and neck being radiated and though we had a good amount of advancement i feel in radiation therapy in 2010 uh, yet of course um, compared to how it is now it wasn't that very um, um focused uh, therapy and now they have a lot of um, you know focused radiation therapies that are available um right right along with chemo life was becoming really tough and uh, my doctor said advice that i get a pack in surgery so, so that i could um, be fed um, because there was no way i could eat anything nothing was going in orally and um, mm. even water for that matter so those were tough times and i never had imagined that it could come to a day that i would be confined to a wheelchair um and um, i was determined to like battle through but every day there would be a question of whether i wake up tomorrow or not um and so that um, i was about weighing 90 kilos before i started and i was losing weight like crazy and also almost 30 kilos in the my third cycle of chemo i was losing weight um, my entire appearance had changed to an extent that people couldn't even recognize who i was so uh, there was charring of my skin I, my neck had shrunk um, i was literally like a very skinny lanky person so nobody would have uh, recognized me passing by and my neighbors would pass by and be like I've seen this person somewhere. Who is this? And mm-hmm. nobody would like. Uh, <clears throat> so there were also battles at multiple levels. I think uh, one, um, the loss of uh, you know a career that I was going to start with, um, the loss of uh, my identity of who I was was also uh, being questioned a lot, and um, a lot of. taboo and stigma also attached during those days and people not being very acceptable of cancer I think even those times and they look down upon uh, cow bears go why is he looking so sick and um, make a of remarks uh, on my looks and um, uh, a lot of shocked reactions as well and I it, it seemed like the onus was on me to like qualify them to be like okay relax it's okay I mean um you may, it may be a new experience for you but this is what i'm going through so a uh, lot of even near and dear ones were in come to terms with what was going on with me and uh, it was stuff because of lack of awareness and uh, as well as it was taking a toll on my mental health um right. it was just a physical uh, battle it was also a lot at the mental and emotional and social level and it was a very i think um, for me lockdown doesn't seem very different because those were times that i was really confined into my room Uh, had to be uh, free of infections because of chemo, so I wouldn't venture out of the house. I neither had the energy to do that, so it was pretty much confined into my house. And this lockdown just seems like a replay a decade later. So um, yeah, uh, it spent about nine months in uh, treatment. Um, 
with all the chemo cycles and radiation getting over and it was around the 10th month that they uh, removed the peg and I started eating gradually and slowly. Um, through the journey, I think I'm really grateful for all my doctors, nursing staff, parents and friends and family who were very supportive and, you know, this was not like a lone battle that I was fighting. Um, this was a collective uh, effort. Um, I would often say this, I felt like my parents were giving birth to me again, like the nine months of feeding me through that tube and, um, you know, um, seeing me go through so much, uh, it, it, it's like hats off to my parents who have done what they did. Um, post my treatment, I think recovery was also a struggle. You know, that's a time when you're like, okay, oh, treatment, now what next? And if you feel better, why not? Defining the new normal was a struggle every day. Um, I, I was a vocalist uh, as well as so I would sing and then suddenly to know that I don't even have a voice. I don't know if I can ever sing again. It used to bother me a lot. Um, appearance, I wouldn't know if I'll ever look the same. And all these questions about uncertainties would bother me a lot. And doctors would keep assuring me that it's a phase, it will pass because of time and you will uh, come back to normal. And I think it took a long time, like almost four or five years for me to... Uh, speak the way I would speak earlier, coming close to even what I would look earlier and um, um, resuming life in a way that I would have liked where I left, but ever nothing close to the same. It had changed in many ways and I think it also changed for good. And I mean, not just focusing on all the negatives, but there were a lot of positive takeaways from this whole cancer journey. Is that, um, with time, I figured that engineering was really not my thing. And I had lost interest in uh, engineering as a career. And then I switched to teaching. I started teaching. And then I also was volunteering with a uh, cancer NGO for a long time. And wow. that's where I developed a lot of interest in my counseling skills. And uh, it was very fulfilling to, you know, uh, give back to the cancer world. Going through those struggles and making a change in someone's life was very gratifying and fulfilling for me. And I realized that some things that I didn't have was uh, mental health support. If I had spoken to a counselor, I think life would have been a lot more easier. Just a space where I could vent. And this was not just about the disease, but dealing with losses at so many levels, whether it was about as I already mentioned, whether it was about losing a job or, uh, uh, you know, uh, losing uh, your own identity as uh, physical appearance or, um, or who you identify with. And uh, it was it was a struggle at many levels. So uh, if I'd spoken to someone, I think uh, grieving and expressing uh, my feelings would have become a lot easier, which I did. I just felt like it was all bottled up. Um, but... Yeah, I think um, what I missed out on was what I was giving to people, so it was very fulfilling to take them through their journeys and uh, helping them navigate through their challenges and providing resources that uh, was a very uh, fulfilling onward journey. Um, it then happened that I also wanted to explore a career in counseling, and I realized that if this is where my calling is, why not um, explore counseling as and psychology as a uh, professional career option. And um, it was around that time that I also met um, 
uh, another entrepreneur from DIS has started on the field of social science who was into cancer care and uh, he was working with him uh, in a startup called on cancer in Delhi. Um, and I also started studying uh, to gain knowledge and I did my PG diploma in counseling from DISS. Uh, and then I realized that uh, if I need to get the expertise and become a counselor, I think I need to do a master's degree. The sad thing about doing a master's in India was that there were no good reputed colleges which were expect, uh, accepting students from cross backgrounds. So having an engineering background didn't help me to get a master's degree here. Uh, so I had to look for options abroad where they were a lot more flexible and allowing this, which is uh, had um, access from U.S. It was awaiting access from Australia, uh, which happened six months later where I had to take a call at that time. So I went ahead with uh, the U.S. access and then I went on to, to finish my master's there. Um, thanks to the visa issues, I think I couldn't... Um, uh, you know, get some work experience there. I never went with the idea of settling down there, but it would have helped to like get some experience and um, exposure to clinical work. That didn't happen. So I had to return and uh, it's been over a year now that I started my own counseling practice. I'm practicing as um, a counseling psychologist and I started my own venture called Inner Calling. Um, I realized that uh, uh, as a culture, we are still not very open to seeking help for mental health. Uh, though um, we have come a long way, there is still a lot of awareness being uh, spread and a lot of, uh, um, of ad- advocacy and education that's going into um, you know explaining the importance of mental health. Excuse me. Yes. I'm <coughs> yeah. Sorry. But it's quite. The gap that I see, especially coming from the U.S., is that um, we're still not very open as a culture to uh, reach out for seeking mental health, uh, help for mental health. Um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, idea behind starting Hina Calling was primarily to like address a stigma and taboo that is attached to mental health and why as a culture we are not open to it as much as we seek help to see a doctor, be it even cancer. Um, <clears throat> mental health is an added taboo even when it comes to the field of cancer. So the C word, I think there is a lot of work being done now to um, address the stigma that's attached to uh, the big C. Uh, but uh, even if we have all the treatments in terms of chemo, radiation, uh, hormonal replacement therapy, or all the new advancements that are there, I still feel that we've not done enough to address the mental health concerns that come with the treatment. And um, this should start somewhere with uh, hospitals also acknowledging the importance of mental health and uh, holistic healing being helpful rather than just focusing on uh, treatment modalities, which of course no doubt are needed. But a lot of help will be uh, done if uh, people can focus on the mental health aspect and boost the morale of uh, patients as well as survivors or the caregivers, which is often ignored. Um, My work in India has met with a lot of challenges so far, I think, um, primarily because um, there aren't many who will invest in this field very readily. 
and um, um, so it's still been struggling with finances to run the venture, and uh, it's been an uphill task. Uh, aside from that, I would still say that I enjoy the job as uh, much uh, because it's very fulfilling to have made that switch, and uh, I have no regrets that I gave up on a very lucrative career. So a lot of my friends would ask, like, you know, you did so well for yourself in bachelor's. You're such an idiot to not go and pursue your master's in engineering when you go to the U.S. Well, um, I think I'll move on from there. And um, though this is not a very uh, financially satisfying job, I do feel that uh, uh, there's a lot of passion and uh, a lot of satisfaction that I do gain from uh, uh, doing what I do. Um, yeah, so I think that's my journey from my cancer days until now. And hmm. today I continue with uh, counseling and advocacy work and uh, talks here and there that we do. Spread a lot of awareness on social media. Um, and that's much about uh, my journey so far. Wow. I, I'm so inspired by you, sir. This is just... It's amazing to see how you've taken something like that and made it what it is today. I mean, like you, you very well told me that, you know, um, the financial aspect is not as good as, yes, the lucrative job would have been engineering. Uh, but you have reached a position where you're giving your mental health and your mind's happiness much more priority than anything else, I feel. And that is like the best thing ever. <laughs> um, I think uh, in India, I don't know if it's just within India as much as I know, uh, like, like you rightly pointed out, uh, mental health is not given the amount of importance that it should be given. And it starts with uh, inspiring people like you, sir. It really does start with people who have uh, a backstory and a very inspiring journey like this. Because... Like you, you pointed out both the good and the bad, which is amazing. Like you told me, you've grown out of that. You, I mean, a lot of people would say a lot of different things about a person's journey, but only we know what we go through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And uh, you were you were stressing a lot on the mind. You were stressing a lot on the mind playing a big part in the recovery process. Could you elaborate for us on that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so. Um, you know, one, I think the physical recovery had started once the pet tube was out. So I knew that, okay, um, I need the chemos are over and I don't have to go through hell again for that bit at least. But uh, at a mental level, I think uh, I already spoke about the losses that I had um, faced. Uh, they were unspoken losses. It seemed very logical for uh, a 21-year-old to finish with his graduation and go on to earn for the family, but it felt more like a liability where I was still being an expense for my parents. So they never told me that or they never even made me feel that way. But here I was a very aspiring and very ambitious engineer who wanted to make a career in the corporate world and you know go on to do my master's later on. So it just felt like... Um, I had a roadmap in front of me and that collapsed like a pack of cards and uh, there was no plan B. Uh, the only plan was like now to live. The whole mindset that had changed, like something that I would look forward to next five years and now become about everyday thing. So my perspective was like, okay, I need to survive today to see tomorrow. That's all. I can't even look forward uh, or beyond that. So it just became all about existential crisis um, and um 
had a near death experience during one of my chemotherapy sessions which also changed a lot of my life perspectives um this was my fourth cycle and they usually after three cycles change the drug protocol and one of the drugs can go down to well with me nobody knows what happened that night um, the doctors too said uh, nobody can explain what happened all the mri scans kind of couldn't reveal what happened just came down to that the chemo drug didn't go well with me um it, i was losing all my senses and it, it it just felt like you know i was leaving my body and uh, i cannot rationalize that experience i still don't know how that happened what had happened mm. it was like the most peaceful moment that i'd ever experienced in my life i just felt like this it seemed like a white light in uh, front of me and then it just felt like i was slipping into some state that was so blissful um this it kind of after that i think just the way i would see life was so much different here was uh, an engineer who would see everything in digital logic like zeros and ones and everything existed as black and white so everything just becoming a spectrum and that was another huge uh, transformation that i saw in my own life as i was um seeing more shades of gray than just blacks and whites right <laughs> life was also so much more meaningful because um well, um I, i don't know if i would have survived the corporate culture or i don't even know if i would have enjoyed it as much as what i was doing later on but the whole transition and the recovery to answer your question sorry was that i just think about it um mm-hmm. the recovery period was because i was stuck in a state um, just felt like i want to do but i can't do and um even if i pushed myself i would uh, you know either fall ill or my body would give up and then i couldn't do much more than what i would have wanted to okay. so um, it, it it felt like a struggle it felt like a very frustrating struggle to be in that space where uh, uh, you know you know that um, you can do a lot but your body doesn't allow you to do that and it was a slow and gradual process and i learned that if i accept it i think it'll be easier than being in denial and fighting it every day so um the resistance didn't help me much but with acceptance i think um, it's got a little easier that um, our recovery was also equally important because there were so many people who after treatment and focus on recovery went to work right after and then um neither couldn't see um another day or you know it just got worse for them or they relapsed so all those things are also playing on my head and then i focus on my recovery uh, though it was very frustrating i think um, again a counselor or a therapist would have been of great help to just talk to and express what i was going through mm. that is you have become that person you've become the counselor who pays it forward i feel which is a very beautiful an inspirational journey to see that someone has molded themselves into what they would have needed or wanted at a time when they needed or wanted it takes a lot of courage sir it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of guts to do what you're doing right now i mean like you said uh, financially there are a certain uh, certain uh, restrictions to it but at the end of the day if it gives you that satisfaction nothing like it sir nothing like it uh, and uh, you would i would be speaking for myself also here when i say this you said you were a vocalist right um i am also a vocalist and i let's just say i know how it feels like uh-huh. i can completely relate to what you are saying 
because for a vocalist, I believe uh, using one's voice is just very, very, very. <laughs> it it kind of takes away so much for you, and as a vocalist, even more. I feel right. I I mean, for a person to normally talk and communicate itself is very important. Let alone being a singer. Um, coming to my next question, sir. Uh, you you said which year? You said this has happened a long time back. Uh, which year was this happening, sir? Ah, uh, yeah, this is 2010 when I was diagnosed, and um, a year. It took me a year and a half to go through treatment and recovery. So yeah, it was 2010. Wow, it's been 10 years almost now. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what stage was it a diagnosis, sir? Uh, it was stage three, and um, yeah, um, I did metastasis, but yeah, it was still pretty late by the time the diagnosis had come in. It was stage three. Okay, so and this was when I think uh, before, when as I recall you saying this was when you were twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty one, twenty two, yeah. And in so many years, you were able to make it what it is right now. You were completely cancer-free. And what was your reaction when you when you saw those reports? Uh, you mean the diagnosis? Uh, yes, when saying uh, that you were cancer-free. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it was exciting uh, to know that um, you don't have to live with that constant fear. I won't say it's totally gone because you always have to be. Uh, cautious about not rehiring a relapse, but five-year period was still a little stressful. The five-year mark that they keep talking about is a good indication of right. uh, having the same power probability as any other person getting cancer after the five-year mark. So, uh, through those five years, I think I also become a lot became a lot of health conscious, and uh, it was good um, that I was focusing and prioritizing my health over anything else. Absolutely, uh, which is also a lot needed. Change in perspective, and um, yeah, it was exciting, but not until the five year mark where I was uh, given that comfort that okay, now you don't have to worry so much. But until then, it was still revisiting hospitals, going through scans, and hoping that the scans will be fine. And it was after that that you know, story story sunk in that okay, uh, it's not as bad as before. But I would still say that at times I look at those thoughts, and it it helps in some ways to like go back to those times and it grounds me as a person to know that life is so uncertain. Uh, and what are we like looking ahead for five years and ten year vision? And I think 2020 was also a big lesson in uh, how uncertain life can be and how uncertain times can be. So yeah, I think 2010 showed me that a lot earlier, and how I lived through these ten years was also changed. Um, and uh, I'm grateful again for a lot of support that I got um, from my uh, doctors and nurses, and uh, they really fought fought this hard with me. So uh, a lot of gratitude for a lot of people, changed perspectives after the report, and excited too. <laughs> it's just um, what an adventure! Like for for ten years. You've you've molded yourself into this absolutely new person, mm-hmm. which who who takes care of his mental health, his health in general. Um, it it molds you in so many different ways, I believe. Uh, 
And um, what would be your message right out there to everybody listening to this audio? Um, what would you like to say to caregivers, to survivors, to patients, to anybody related who's going through something that they're going through right now? What would you have to say? Yeah. Um, one uh, message that's right at the top of my head is don't ever ignore your mental health. And this is not only for patients with cancer, but everybody. Just take mental health as important as your physical health because there is no health without mental health. This is what a few says. And so true is that, uh, um, again, um, if you need to... Uh, you know, fight through this illness, especially in context of cancer, you have to have a mental frame of, uh, uh, you know, mental framework where you are uh, up for it or you feel in a space where you can at least talk about it uh, or at least have friends or uh, professional therapists or counselors who you can talk about your whole journey. Uh, I missed out on it and I think uh, for all caregivers too, I think even my parents, they were having a real tough time. Um, they were on the verge of gone out, day in and day out, just fighting it with me. And then there was so much extra work that they would have to do. Uh, taking care of logistics, hospital visits, and preparing different kind of foods for me so that I could go through the peg. And then being up at the middle of the night when I would just get up to puke during my chemo day. So it was kind of chaos for them. They had spent sleepless nights. Um in which also there was a counselor that they could talk to so that um, they also learned some ways to take care of themselves. So they did a brilliant job to take off taking care of themselves. But if there was direction, there was guidance, I think it would have been a little easier than it was. So um, my message would be like, focus on your mental health, reach out to therapists, or I also hope that there are uh, hospitals listening to this and focus more on the mental health perspective as much as physical health. Uh, have more holistic uh, units where uh, patients can have support groups. Um, you know, a lot of times if you are alone in this battle, but when you see a support group, there are like so many stories that I share that we believe that, oh, okay, I'm not the only one sailing on this boat. There are so many more along with me. Just that feeling of collective uh, responsibilities or collective, um, you know, uh, shared collective uh, feeling that we are all fighting this together can also boost your morale like anything. Um, and you also find new friends, you also find new support peers and also um, listening to survivors who fought through this and uh, navigating them through these challenges can be so much more supportive than, um, you know, just feeling that you're all alone in this. Uh, so, yeah, that's my message that uh, you're not alone. Um, you have the support, just reach out to the right contacts and more than I think uh, after the diagnosis, uh, people often don't uh, realize the importance of mental health. So uh, this is for everyone going through the battle as well as uh, anyone and everyone that, you know, don't uh, ignore your mental health. Focus on it as much as you would your physical health. Yes, sir. Yes, that is the message. That is what we are trying to put out there to everybody. And cancer is curable. If it is, if it is reached to the right guidance, the right timing, to the everybody tends to see it as more of a death sentence, like moreover anything else, right? Right. 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 And there you have podiums to talk your truth out, to talk your story out, and that is what we are having this conversation also for. So I'm pretty sure a lot of queries are going to be answered. A lot of people are going to be helped. Thank you so much, sir, for being here and talking to us.
taking the time out from your very busy schedule it means a lot to us it means a lot to zenonco.io and love heals cancer thank you so much thanks a lot sure. and keep inspiring us being yourself so keep in sure, thank yeah thank you so much and thank you uh, thanks to your organization as well for having given me this uh, opportunity to share my story and i hope that uh, again as i mentioned the underlying message was focus on your mental health um yeah um that's in the last words that i like to leave with uh it's been a pleasure so it's been absolute pleasure thank you so much have a great day ahead thank you thank you thank you so Thanks much a lot. thank you